You are listening to Bicycle Retail Radio, brought to you by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. Welcome to Bicycle Retail Radio, the bicycle industry podcast that brings retailers, vendors, advocates, and thought leaders to the mic for open discussions about the latest issues facing retailers while taking an in-depth look at the person within the profession. This is Heather Mason, MBDA president, and today we are spotlighting one of our MBDA retailers. The conversation today is with Chuck Gleason and Josh Sutton, owner and manager for Trail Yard, located just two miles from downtown Valpaspero, Indiana, and about just an hour from Chicago. Trail Yard has sort of taken the bike shop plus another thing to the next step, creating a destination for the whole family featuring a full-service mountain bike shop, family-friendly restaurant, bar, and cafe. Over the next hour, listen in and learn how you too can create a space for your community to adventure right at home. Let's get into it. Hello. Welcome, Chuck. Welcome, Josh. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Trail Yard, you guys sort of took the bike shop plus other thing to the next step. Located just two miles from downtown Valparaiso, Indiana, about just an hour from Chicago, you have really created a destination for the whole family. Listeners, we're talking about a full-service mountain bike shop, family-friendly restaurant, bar, cafe. Guys, I can't wait to talk about the space that you have created for your community to adventure right at home. How are you guys? Yeah, we're good. We're excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. So accommodating. I'm like, you guys, we got to do this. You're doing something so cool. And yeah, like the next week, here we are recording. Yeah, so I want to dive right in because we're talking about getting more people back on the bike. I mean, we went through two years of just incredible growth. And now I think we're noticing, I'd say across the US into North America, just a little bit of a slowdown. And I truly believe, you know, everyone knows I'm a mountain biker, that these this destination place with a little bit of everything going on where you can feel comfortable hanging out after a ride, that's what we need to do, just create these moments. And I feel like you guys have done that. So your story is so important. So listeners, Trail Yard is a coffee shop, restaurant, bar, event space, mountain bike shop, outdoor gear shop. They have a service department. They do bike and snowshoe rentals. They have a suspension department with a B2B service center. We're going to get into so much. And best yet, listen to this. They are located at a trailhead with 14 miles of trails. Guys, talk to me. Like, How has the community response been? Just initial reactions. Yeah, so it's been great so far. So certainly we were part of, with the Valparaiso Parks Department, of getting the trail started. So... Obviously, we've been doing bike stuff here for a while. We know a lot of the mountain bikers in the area, but it's just been so great as folks could come together and have a trailhead that wasn't just three porta potties and a parking lot. So it's just become so quickly a place to hang out before and after a ride, to check in with folks about their families, and just really brought a lot of people out of the woodwork too. It must feel good to watch people come and take part in all the different opportunities you've created and spend time with their family. Chuck, how has that been just to watch that blossom? It's been pretty amazing. In the first couple of weeks that the restaurant was open, we found you know, people coming in, getting a coffee in the cafe, 
visiting the bike shop, using the trails, and then coming in for lunch. And it was really right away that people saw like, oh, I can spend hours here and kind of hang out and feel comfortable and bring my dog onto the patio and really kind of have a, a full experience with it. You know, so listeners, we're going to get all into this, everything they're doing. But guys, it's been, what, 16 months since the bike shop was open and now the restaurant just a couple months now. It's all new still, right? Yeah, we still feel feel very, even going into this spring in a couple months, it still feels like our first real spring. So it's luckily we've had some time now to get with the restaurant open, with the bike shop open to get a lot of our systems worked through and to get folks kind of used to us being here. And I just think the excitement level, once it warms up outside, once the trails dry out, it's just going to be really high. Yeah, I'm definitely, it's on my must visit list (laughs) personally. So it's great to have two people on the podcast as we dive into the operations behind Trail Yard. So I have Jack Gleason, who's the owner, and Joshua Sutton, who's the general manager. Can you talk a little bit about your individual roles and just how you work so closely together to keep everything. I mean, there's a lot happening there. Yeah. I kind of had the idea two years ago to collaborate with the trails and kind of create a clubhouse. And Joshua and I had known each other from our local bike advocacy pathways committee work that we had done. And so I talked to him about it. I knew he was in bikes and bike retail. And so that's kind of been the model is find people who knew what they were doing and do it really well and kind of put them in place to, whether it's the service or the restaurant or of the cafe and, and food kind of side of things. Where did this idea come from? I love how you call it like a clubhouse. So you must be a cyclist as well. Yeah. Yeah. I've ridden bikes my whole life, you know, making jumps and hanging out with friends. Valparaiso University was kind of our playground when I was a kid. I grew up right near it and it you know, kind of ebbed and flowed, you know, through the years. And then as the trails out here started up, I really got back into it. And yeah, it's just kind of gone, gone from there. I was going to say to me, it all felt very organic, just us coming together as uh, people slowly started joining the group. It just really flowed well. And we just kept on building off of the initial idea and adding stuff in and all the being safe, not to add too much. I do definitely remember some things that we cut. Just because just we felt like we were putting too much on. But. So was the original idea just a bicycle store or was the original idea bicycle store slash restaurant? Like, Talk to me about what the concept was originally compared to what it is now. So there's two main buildings. The larger building that's the restaurant and cafe and bar kind of event thing and, and full kitchen. The original idea was that the bike shop would take the place of the cafe. So I worked with Brian Hawkins and Fixture Lab to create some of the initial concepts. And it was really one of the first NBDA podcasts that I listened to was Brian's, how he works and his whole process for helping retailers develop those displays and the style for those. And so I was taken with his style at the very beginning And then I thought that it would be in this main restaurant building. Turned out that the build out for the main building took longer than we thought. So we were able to use a smaller kind of adjacent building. And that's quite a bit smaller, but it's worked out really well having it in and over a year old. When the restaurant opened, it seemed like it had uh, 
helped to get people out here, start some of that club style after ride beers. It really, really kind of helped build that community. It's so nice to, from an outside perspective, I've watched the shop take shape like over the past year, you know, from the food trucks with the amazing looking Mexican food and tacos to what you've got now. And it's, it's really been fantastic to watch it come together. And the way you two work, you know, I know Josh is consistently bringing ideas to you and then you guys are collaborating. It seems like you have a really great working relationship to make things happen. I couldn't do any of the stuff in the bike shop without Josh and Ryan, the service manager. And I mean, they make it fun. They make it profitable and really efficient. And really, Joshua has helped keep the the original philosophy kind of through the heart of the building and the busyness and all the restaurant stuff. And there have been many times where he kind of recenters the the focus onto the outdoors and the community and the real things that we talked about, you know, in the months before anything happened. Chuck, let me hit you with this one. This one's a little bit sideways and it might surprise you, but like, do you remember when you were brainstorming this idea, like where you were and why, you know, this whole experience connecting the brewery, like why that was important? Do you remember where you were and what you were thinking about when this came about? There were little inklings of the idea that, you know, kind of slowly formed as the trails got up and running. We got to a mile or two and three. And one day I was on a ride from the golf course where we had the original trailhead, where you had to go around this property. So if you look at the trails, this property wasn't a part of the parks. And so you had to come from the east and circle around, I don't know, most of this property, the whole property in order to get to the main part of the trails. And I stopped one day just south of the property and kind of looked at the whole space. And it was in kind of a not shabby state, but it was it was a motorcycle shop. It was a house. It was, uh, there was a big dog run. Like it needed a lot of love. And we kind of stopped and looked and it was, it was really like, that could be the place, you know, that elevated kind of nature could lead to a big patio and the property was, good enough size that we could do bigger events and, you know, even like concerts and stuff like that someday. And it all kind of formed from there. I've got major goosebumps right now. I love this. Like you're out riding and you just have this aha moment and it's easy just to pedal away from a moment like that, but it's really hard to stay in that moment and and see that through and knowing, you know, having seen pictures of what you have going on today and hear you talking about an event space for the future for concerts. I mean, way to follow that through. And this this hasn't been a very long timeline. Like when was this aha moment for you? How long ago was this that you saw the property and you were like, this could be it? So you pitched it to me fall of 2020, right? Yeah. So at the very beginning of the pandemic, I was in the wedding business. I kind of, we kind of saw the wedding business falling and I, I took an opportunity with a partner and we had an idea for another restaurant and as we got into the trails and, and focused a little bit more here, I went to him and said that this was where my passion was and creating that place was, was really where my heart was. I'll say, I still remember when you first pitched it to me after that group ride we were on. And I don't want to say I was apprehensive, but it felt like a lot for what is still not the largest of towns. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't say overly ambitious, but I was like, okay, I could see this. And that winter, I remember we just kept talking about it and we'd sort of meet at the property and discuss kind of brainstorm. And I was just like, yeah, you know what? I really can start to see this here. From then on, it just felt like 100% every day. This is your hometown. This is your community. I mean, you're making impactful, you know, opportunities for people who you ride with and you're calling in the experts. I mean, you mentioned Brian Hawkins. He's an expert. You're a member of our P2 program. So you're learning from top retailers. So you're doing all these other things as you're establishing this new business that what the restaurant just opened three months ago, right? You're still in the process, right? I tell Josh all the time, like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't make that group meeting or the Monday <laughs> mingle or any of the things, but I'm hoping to get back into some of that. And it's been a way bigger endeavor than I ever would have thought, but it also is really fulfilling and you know, bringing these people together and watching how we collaborate on events and putting these different things together and, and building the whole space kind of as a group has really been really, really pretty awesome. Yeah. Going back to even the feedback from the community, it's been so uplifting and helping feel like we're on the correct track just in the decisions that we've been making. I mean, I even have people coming up to me in the bike shop that I've been helping at other bike shops for years saying, oh my gosh, you look so much happier now. Like it's just wild to hear. And I mean, it does at times feel like one of those jobs where it doesn't feel like you're working. And obviously there are plenty of times where it feels like work, but, but at the same time, we get to work at 14, next to 14 miles of trails. I can go out on a run or a ride before I start work. We get beautiful sunsets here. It's just, and it's see tons of wildlife just out of our windows. Yeah, none of that sucks at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's stay here. I want to talk specifically about the bike shop. But before I do, I know that we might have a lot of listeners who maybe have thought about adding a cafe or a brewery to their bike shop. I mean, I know it's just been three months now that the restaurant has been fully open. But are you noticing that people come in for the restaurant and make their way to the bike shop or vice versa that they come for the bike shop and make their way to the restaurant? Any initial feedback on that? Yeah, I think we still, folks, when they show up here, it's like deer in the headlights because we have folks that have lived in Valpo for years that have never been to this little side street, if you will. So it is a little bit of, oh my gosh, or if they knew about the motorcycle shop, just to see how we've changed everything. So it's that initial excitement and just sort of checking everything out and even learning about Creekside Trails. They're like, wait, what are you talking about? 14 miles of trails. I didn't know this existed. I definitely, ever since the restaurant was open, folks, I mean, they come in, they say they're checking us out. Aside from the mountain bike stuff, there's a lot of outdoor stuff. So you don't need to be a mountain biker to enjoy a trail yard. You don't need to be a mountain biker to enjoy the trails. Certainly, if you are, it's a paradise. So we got a lot of excited faces from mountain bikers. But just from somebody, I always ask everybody, how was lunch? Did you enjoy the coffee? And they're just so happy to check out more of Trail Yard. And that Trail Yard has more to offer. Yeah. I'm also wondering, you do have a brewery there too, right? Or, or a bar or an opportunity yeah. to have a beer outside. Right. Yeah, just a bar, but feature local breweries around Indiana and the Midwest kind of specifically. I heard uh, recently, I read an article that the bicycle industry has a drinking problem. Do you think that's yeah. true? <laughs> 
It's part of the business model. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am doing a dry January, and I will give a shout out to Athletic Brewing Company for having some great NA beers. They do. They really do. Yes. All right. So you're an hour away from Chicago and I feel like you have this really cool experience vibe happening and you have some really cool brand and merchandise. Do you feel that people are finding you now from your social media and they're actually coming to you as a destination? Yeah. Yeah, certainly. So, so the trails alone started to pull mountain bikers from across state lines. And then once we opened the shop, that easily did as well. So whether or not somebody is coming to us because we're a Yeti dealer, whether or not they're coming to us because we do suspension work service in-house and even and dropper service in-house, whether or not they're coming to us. I, I've even had people we stock Bedrock Sandals. They're coming to us because we're the closest Bedrock Sandals dealer in a pretty wide radius. So we get folks crossing state lines, whether or not it's from Illinois, Michigan, Wisconsin, pretty consistently. And there are times where we look at the folks in the parking in the parking lot closest to the trail, and it's 50-50 Indiana and out-of-state plates. So it's almost like a day out. They could come, ride the trails, have dinner, have a beer, you know, meet some friends up, and it's a really good time. I like to say I even have some sort of waterless soap in the bathroom of the bike shop so that if you want to get cleaned up before meeting your family for dinner, you don't feel like you have to go in all stinky. When folks can always change in a bathroom, we just put changing rooms in outside as well too so folks really can take some time out of it too they don't feel like they got a click around coming in on clipless shoes so yeah so you're totally just adapting to what the people are asking for you from you and just going from there so listeners the website is trailyardbikes.com it's a great website definitely take a look and follow the insta feeds and the facebook feeds let's dive into the bike shop side of things I know the space isn't huge, right? Give our listeners maybe an idea of what we're talking about for the bike shop side of things. Sure. So it's small. It is pretty, yeah, it's the smallest bike shop I've ever been in. What's nice about that, I would say, is that it, I really have to curate everything on the sales floor, that it's super edited. Once something doesn't work, it's out of there. I can't just bring in something, even just to try something out, it has to be really thought out. So it's always a balance whether or not it's space for bikes. Helmets are one of our biggest categories. So just making sure that they've got enough space and offering enough options. But then as we do more and more outdoor stuff, trying to balance that as well and not just bringing in stuff willy-nilly, but having it very thought out about, okay, what would somebody use on the trails? What would somebody who lives in Northwest Indiana use? I'm thinking being so close to the trailhead, it has to be important to have stuff that people are going to need like mid-ride should something happen. So brands you carry, you spoke a little bit about some brands earlier. Give us just an outline of what... So in in terms of bikes, the big two are Yeti and Salsa. We've been very happy with them so far. Shout out to some great reps out there. We've been trying to keep a good balance of stuff in stock. Obviously, a lot of the industry is going through a lot of chaos with that right now and knowing how much to have in stock. Some of the non-complete bike brands, we, we've got a PNW and 1UP. We work a lot with Fox Racing and Fox Factory, the suspension company. We try to have a fair amount of good options from. But then, like I said, there's a lot of fun stuff too. So I've got nail jean bottles, the Bedrock Sandals, like I mentioned there, fun one. Just having that fun stuff and a Dyna plug, one of my favorite tubeless plug out there. A lot of it really is having stuff that folks aren't going to see at every bike shop they go to. 
And we, I hear that from customers all the time. Oh my gosh, I only saw this on a company's website or on Instagram to actually see it in person. They really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, curating the inventory is a really important thing. And you know, the other question I have, then this leads me to is how many complete bikes you're stocking on the floor? I have a, ret- a lot of retailers are like, what is that magic number? You know, do you need to have a size run so you can sell right away? I imagine you're not stocking 200 bikes on the floor, but is this a hindrance or is this a win for you guys? So on the floor, it's about a dozen bikes and there's def- there's some backstock. There's some models where I would never consider a size run on. Certainly being a mountain bike focused shop, I'm not really selling $500, $600 bikes. So the goal has always been starting off right around 1000 And certainly having that balance. So I might have more of a size run for that entry-level model where somebody is more likely to buy it within that hour that they visit versus a Yeti. Yes, I'll keep the most common sizes. But realistically, that's usually a longer talk in one day or a multi-day talk, just depending on the customer. So it really is finding out what works for them. We always have customers that are traveling to North American mountain bike destinations. So we'll still stock some stuff that's sort of more over suspension for Northwest Indiana, but at the same time, stocking a lot of stuff that's really great for Creekside trails, for mountain biking in Northwest Indiana, for mountain biking in the Midwest. Now all this talk about mountain biking is just making me want to go mountain biking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we, we we always have somebody who's like they just they're sending us photos from their trip to Bentonville, for example. They're going up to Whistler, whatever it is. They just we always have folks traveling. We even rent a tra- bike travel bag just to accommodate those folks. I love that. I love that. And I know I think it was maybe our P two meeting last month. You were speaking about. Well, you already said some expansion into some outdoor gear, but you mentioned these awesome binoculars. Talk about curating an inventory. I went online and I looked at them. So how is that expansion maybe into offering some outdoor gear working for you so far? With everything, I try to think what is the trail yard version of So with Yeti and Salsa, I really do feel like they're the trail yard version with our values of what bikes we would stock. With the binoculars, Knox is the trillion version of binoculars, just as I'm going to be bringing in Gooder sunglasses. I think they're fun. I think they're a good example of a trillion values seen at the product level. Same goes for Bedrock Sandals. Same goes for some of the great mountain bike accessories and, and apparel that we have. Trying to have some diversity, something for everybody, but while at the same time staying true to our roots and our values. How often do you guys get to ride together? Not often enough. <laughs> it's been so long. Yeah. We need to get back to yeah. monthly yeah. shop rides, yeah. you know, minimum. But uh, yeah. our weather has been, you know, barely winter and yeah. soggy for the last few months. So uh, we're going to get back to it yeah. as, as things settle out and the spring starts to dry up. Yeah, and it, it certainly doesn't help that we both have kids about at the perfect age to throw that last minute emergency in there. So, yeah. This great aha moment on a bike ride of opening an awesome bike destination place. And it, then we get so caught up in it, we forget yeah. we need to ride too. Yeah. But you guys are reminding yeah. me how important it is to get out and ride. So challenge thrown down to all three yeah. of us to get out. Yes, yeah. It's funny though, we even talk about how we used to have so much more time to just to brainstorm ideas over a beer and how we don't even get to do simple stuff like that anymore. 
and just, I mean, it's a real thing. It's trying to make sure that work doesn't suck the fun out of it. And I mean, certainly working in a building with a restaurant and a bar or working doesn't hurt, but you'd be surprised how difficult it can be. Have you signed up for Ride It Daily Extended Service yet? What are you waiting for? It's the extended service plan for your customers that pays you your shop rate for extended service and warranty claims. Rides is only available to NBDA members, and it's only available at NBDA.com. I just was thinking it's been exciting for me to learn about how Trail Yard came about. Is there anything on the store, like on the ground, so people visiting you can learn a little bit about the history of Trail Yard and how it came about? That's funny. We were just talking this weekend, I think, about hanging up some of the early renderings and photos from the original, because this was the original Harley-Davidson dealer in Valpo. So the original pole barn is, you know, kind of the dining room and the kitchen. And then it's got a bunch of expansion buildings and all sorts of history to it. But yeah, we haven't gotten there yet, but it's in the books. And the other thing was a scrapbook we were thinking like oh just some photos along the way would be really fun so i love that idea i think that sounds really cool as you're mentioning that you know you're in the restaurant i'm thinking just you're really running like four different businesses right now (laughs) what (laughs) no wonder we're not riding i mean (laughs) i would say realistically that number is a little bit higher (laughs) yeah there's a lot and you just started offering rentals i remember talking about this in the P2 group, you, you were actually formulating your plan to how you were going to launch the rentals. So did you get the rentals launched? And, and how has that been? Yeah. So for whatever reason, rentals made me super nervous. I never done them before. It just felt like a lot. It hasn't been that bad. We went with Poopsy for the software because it works, plays well with Lightspeed. So, so far, so good. It's definitely helped a lot of people try mountain biking. It's helped a lot of people have their friends come in from out of state and be, still be able to go on a mountain bike ride. And then it's helped a lot of total mountain bikers try out their first carbon frame, their first full suspension frame, whatever it might be. I only wish that we've had more snow so that we could have some snowshoe rentals happening too. Yeah, this weather has been weird this year. Yeah. But yeah, for retailers who are navigating rentals, you know, I think it's a high profit center if you can do it right. Yeah. Any best tips there? I know just even trying to figure out how much to charge was something yeah. that was a little nerve wracking. Yeah, that was a lot. You really have to take the bicyclist out of your mind because you can get like an enthusiast, they're going to ride to bike from you. They're going to have their own helmet, odds are. They might have even clipless shoes. But you really have to take the bicyclist out of your mind and try to imagine or talk to your non-bicyclist friends about what they'd be looking for, trying to make it as frictionless as possible, and just try to solve those problems for them. So even coming up with a three-hour block of time that we have set for the rentals, in my mind, I'm like, okay, a beginner mountain biker, they can feel like they can do an entire loop of the trails, give or take, in some time, come back, get a refreshing drink from the cafe, take a breather, head out again, and not be looking at their watch, nervous that they're not going to get the bike back on time. Not that I'm even a stickler for when the bike comes back, but... I think you're a tough guy. I think yeah. you Yeah, so it's really thinking through the whole experience for folks. And that's what we've done with the entirety of the business. Thinking through, is somebody what does somebody want before they ride? What does somebody want after they ride? 
And then certainly what do they not even know that they want on site? Make it frictionless and little things like providing those, the ability to clean up before dinner is, is a nice touch. You're making me want to talk about the trails. So the trails are called Creekside. They're multi-purpose. So who maintains them? And is it one huge 14-mile loop? What kind of level are they suitable for kids? Just give me a little bit about the trails. Sure. So Valpo Park Department owns, maintains all of that. They have a golf course right next door. So it's all really one big continuous piece of property for them. So if you kind of go from east to west, it kind of goes golf course, trails, and then there's a section that they were renting to a local farmer as well. And that opened up late fall of 2019. I remember it was the first cold day of the year. And when it opened up, it was about four to five miles. Now, as you know, it's about 14 miles. I always tell folks it's designed as mountain bike trails, but it's certainly suitable for hiking and running, bird watching as well. I was just running out there this morning. There's a lot of sections that are super family friendly. During last summer, I led a monthly family ride out there and I just sort of had a certain route picked out. Yeah, we had a lot of kids, a lot of ability level, and they did a really good job on a lot of it. Some of them walked set small sections of it, but by and large, they could handle it. And being family friendly and being something for the enthusiast mountain biker is a balance, certainly for both the trails and us at Trail Yard. And I think so far we've done a good job maintaining that balance. Do you feel that having trails on your property or literally where you can ride out the front door has been an asset to your business that's helped you fuel sales? I don't think we would have done this without Creekside. It's as integral to the part of the business as a repair stand or the espresso machine. I want to think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask this one. Anyway, the name Trail Yard, how did that come up? I don't know. I kicked it around for a long time. You know, we went through different kind of bike kind of terms. And there is a rail yard where our local minor league baseball team plays. And maybe that was subconscious, but yeah, I just thought trail yard had a really nice ring to it. I liked the idea of being kind of focused on the trails. And really, I feel like, you know, from the topo lines on the walls to, you know, kind of the style of the wood and stuff in the restaurant that we, we kind of have that natural outdoors kind of feel. So I really wanted that to come through in the name and in the the style of the building and in all the little decisions kind of through the the build up. And I will add from somebody who's been in bike shops half of his life pretty much, it is very refreshing for me to not have bicycle or cycles in the name. And no offense to folks who have that in the bike shop name, but I think it's a little bit overplayed in our industry. So I was very happy to move away from that. Well, I feel like your branding is on point. So again, trailyardbikes.com. Love, you know, what you've done carrying this like trail with the cog and it feels very outdoorsy and natural and you've got Trailyard Outpost. Is there a strategy behind this? Like, do you have a content person that you're working with? Because I feel like it's just all so dialed. So there's two of us that maintain the bulk of our social media. And certainly neither of us often have enough time to do it and always want to spend more time on it. I think you just got to have fun with it. And we've talked about this on Monday Mingle. We've talked about this on P2. It's definitely something worth investing time in, if not also investing money in. You really, it's the best way to be yourself. It's the best way to get your values across. It's the best way to remind folks that you're there and what you do and surprise folks with new stuff that you're doing. 
So you really got to put some time and energy into it. And I say this as somebody who's 41. It's not like I grew up looking at a phone and it's not like it's always even the most native thing to me, but you really got to put that energy in and it will definitely pay off. Yeah. I was getting ready for our podcast and I have to be honest, I did not know that you were doing suspension services. So that's a huge thing. I think it's a great direction to go down, but you're not just doing them for local customers. You're actually doing B2B. It's for other retailers nationwide with like what, a 24 or 48 hour turnaround. How did this come about and how has that response been? Sure. So we have a lot of kudos for Ryan Sullivan, who runs the service department and in a sense runs a suspension department as well, too. So that is his passion through and through. He's been servicing bikes for since he was young and certainly suspension for over a decade now. And he's really able to, one, get suspension back to folks a lot faster than if they had to send it off to the manufacturer, but then really do that service to such a high level whether or not it's the quality of the work or helping somebody dial in their suspension on their bike from his experience. And it really just puts us at this whole nother level for not only just service, but for what we can provide essentially at the trailhead to to a mountain bike trail. So if listeners, retailers who are listening to this and want to take advantage of working with you, how do they do that? I can't remember off the top of my head which email we use for that, but if you go to trailyardbikes.com, We've got the information on there. We're happy to work with you. We already have both consumers as well as retailers from out of state working with us. So we're happy to get you set. And whether or not it's suspension, whether or not it's a drop or seat post, we're happy to do it. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So I want to just shift slightly now to community. I failed to ask you yet. Are there other bicycle retailers around you? And how does that go? Like they must be just thinking what you're doing is awesome just to stir up more ridership. How has the response been just from the community? Sure. So there's two other shops in Valparaiso proper. And then certainly it's shops as you get to other small towns in the region of Northwest Indiana. We are certainly friends with pretty much all of them. So that's been really nice. We have times where we can work together with them. Even some of them we've been volunteer, we've been working together on parks department projects for years. And then honestly, some of them in the region are sending us suspension work as well, too. So it's really great to be able to put on these larger park department events with even a couple of us there so that we can kind of balance what we provide at those department events. And it just provides folks with some options in town. And yeah. we're a mountain bike shop. We know that that's our focus. So although we happily service any type of bike, we know that you can't just stop in and have a wide selection of drop handlebar tape. So it's about sending folks to a different shop. That's for years been my vehicle on 34th Street sales strategy that sometimes you just got to suggest something else, but then you just try to do what you can do best. Be good partners with any of the other retailers in the community and support them. You know, there's shops around us that sponsor riders and they're all coming and participating in the rides and you coming in and drinking afterwards and hanging out and it's everybody's friends and yeah we're no competition really between us it's all you know yeah i'm just imagining it must be great i look at communities like the northeast kingdom like burke area in vermont and then i look at bentonville arkansas where we've created these destinations and i feel like you're doing just that so if people come to the destination of trail yard they're also just coming to the destination of Bell Pariso, and then they're visiting other local retailers, spending money in town. So everything 
you know, lends itself to help each other. So let's be good. Yeah, so, so I've only lived in Valpo for almost a decade now. So for me, it's even thinking about, okay, what's trail yards role and mountain biking's role in the entire Northwest Indiana community, in the economy of Northwest Indiana? What can tourism dollars do for Northwest Indiana? So, I mean, it's obviously doing a lot of things with folks that live even within the city limits of Alpo, but then really trying to take that 10,000 foot view as well too, for what's it all going to be like in five, 10, 20 years. The other thing we have going for us is the Indiana Dunes are, you know, 10 miles away. So the newest national park in the system and, you know, millions of visitors coming to our county and looking for other things to do while they're here. So that was another thing, a conversation early on with Dunes Tourism was bringing those people into different experiences and places to go and and ride and hang out. Because even the Chicagoans looking for something to do on the weekend, coming to Northwest Indiana, that's been going on for a century at least now. I mean, that's sort of a historical thing. You can, as you go to Northwest Indiana, you'll see old school South Shore, that's the local rail line posters, just because that's always been a thing. We've always been sort of a weekend spot. Yeah. For folks living in in Chicago. Sounds awesome. I I feel like you're definitely, this is a moment where I'm thinking that we are making a big impact on people's lives. Like you're changing people's lives just because you had that moment where you stopped and you're like, let's do this. And people are making memories on those trails and, you know, with their family in the restaurant, talking bikes after and making plans to come back. That's awesome. Um, You'll be coming out soon, right? Yeah, it's gonna we're talking about so many positive things here. But I mean, you a lot of work, what, 16 months now for the bike shop, three months for the restaurant, combining bicycle retail, this experience center, a restaurant. I mean, any like things that completely caught you off guard for a listener who's maybe thinking about bringing a cafe in or adding a restaurant, anything that was like a learning moment for you that you would share, like beware. <laughs> I think I had the benefit of Josh and Ryan to kind of run the bike shop with very minimal oversight. They're doing a great job every day, whether I'm able to be in there or whether I'm in construction meetings or now, you know, dealing with restaurant stuff. So their passion for what they do has really allowed me to build the whole place and really get it to where we all thought it could be, but I couldn't have done it without them and with having to run the bike shop by myself. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to do it, but I knew that going in. So that's where Josh came in. Having the right people in the right place to support you. Yeah. Where it all falls down. So going into 2023, you just finished up the expansion. So what are we fine tuning now? Are you already planning the next big thing? Where are you guys at? I think... Like I said at the beginning, I think we're looking at our first real season here. We've definitely, even from the regular rides that we put on with the parks department, we've learned so much about what type of rides folks are looking for. So I think this is the year where we really let everything trail yard shine. There's always going to be new aspects to the business that we add on to there, but this is really trying to be our best self and really show ourselves off well. I'm really, excited to come visit. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> what were you going to say? <laughs> I would begin as the concept came about, you know, this is the reality that we hoped for. You know, it's bikes, it's trails, it's food and beer. And 
honing that and figuring out what kind of rides, what kind of community, what kind of, as we were sitting here getting ready, we were like, let's do urban rides and, you know, a different style where you can meet here and have a different kind of ride experience. And all of those things are going to take a little while to perfect, but we've got a really cool start and, you know, a really fun kind of environment to, to bring people to and kind of start from build off of yeah the urban bike riding made me think about e-bikes are e-bikes do you sell e-bikes is it something you're and if you do are you seeing a growth there yeah we definitely sell e-bike mountain bikes with as small of a shop i'm definitely trying to play it careful about which ones are in there so my big thing going into this year is so we've got some e-bike rentals for example but and i really just want to increase that level of you're able to come by you're able to try it out and you're able to really see what it can do for mountain biking. And both the trails as well as us as a bike shop, we are super e-bike friendly. The trails, searching with class ones, have no problems out there. And we're just trying to get, I do our part to get the entire cycling industry over the hump, uh, over that adolescence of adding e-bikes to the game. Even listening to the Kyle B. Kelly from Golden Saddle Cycling live stream that just happened last night. That was a lot of what I heard from there. And, and I think that's totally true. It's, it's still a very new thing and shops are still, it's new for all of us and we're dealing with that. So I feel like you live, sleep, eat, breathe bikes, Josh. You are always into the now of what's happening. <laughs> that, well, that, that's why I had to take up running and yoga so I could kind of to take some time from it too. Yeah. We got to be well-rounded, like my health. <laughs> Listen, I relate to you well. I mean, how has the response from suppliers and reps been and anything that they could do to show support to what you're doing there? I mean, like I said, so far, we've had a lot of really great reps. I don't want to pick some people out because then I won't pick enough people out. But the calls, at times the texts, the positive messages. I mean, there's some that I wish would visit more often, certainly. It's like, I don't mind having that conversation. I don't mind making the time for them at all. I think it's a balance between, I mean, I certainly understand that just as I'm a salesperson, they're a salesperson to me. But as best as we can, getting past that and being realistic about going forward in the cycling industry, what's plausible and what's possible. Yeah, I feel like they must think what you're doing is just really awesome and they want to be part of it. And I love being able to pick, I want to talk to them. I want to pick their brains. I want them to sell me stuff. I want to see what the outside world has going on. <laughs> so, I mean, bike shops got to really realize, yes, they can be reps at times, but you also got to learn what you can from them too and have those conversations. So you guys have been part of our P2 program for, I think, over a year now, right? What made you decide to join the program and, you know, touch on has it actually helped your business to be part of it? And listeners, I did not pay them money to say this. (laughs) I don't know what they're going to say, though. (laughs) So I know for myself, they very much become my bike shop community in many ways. For folks I don't know, I don't travel hardly at all. So these are folks that I can really talk to over Zoom, that I can email with, that I can text with. And it just really creates that broader community. And I really do feel like we're just constantly lifting each other up. Somebody might learn, I might learn some backend stuff from somebody, some spreadsheet knowledge from somebody. Somebody else is going to learn some Instagram stuff from me, whatever it might be. And we're always just trying to lift each other up. And just having somebody to fall back on when you're feeling stressed about something or you're confused about something. 
it's just been so, so nice. And to make you feel like a professional. I, mm. I mean, bike shops and the whole cycling industry is known for not being super professional. And it's really helped me, and I'm sure it's helping other people, in taking ourselves seriously. That we are part of the economy. That we do some good things. And, <laughs> and that we have a lot that we can go forward with in the industry. Yeah, I mean... The past two years have been quite, I mean, deciding to open, you know, in a pandemic. I mean, how are you guys doing? I mean, how are you feeling, Chuck? I feel like we hit a really stressful, but also, I don't know, I think people are ready to get out there. Things are changing, you know, kind of back to normal. And it gave us, I don't know, some breathing room, some time to figure all the things out and now that everything's working together, I think we're just going from here. Next level stuff. 2023, we were talking a lot about the shop. Any personal goals? Ride more. Yeah, ride more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yes, 100%. Are you guys going to Cabda Midwest? That's coming up here soon. I think so. I think we're going to try. And I know we talked to Brian. He's hoping to come down and visit yeah. as he goes to Chicago there. So, yeah, I think we'll meet up and see what Cabda has yeah. to offer. Excellent. We'll have a reunion. That'll be fantastic. Hey, guys, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening, like I said, who have thought about the coffee shop, thought about the brewery, thought about the restaurant, thought about the expansion, maybe thought about starting their own, you know, destination center, but didn't even know how to make it happen. So if people want to reach out, if they have questions, best way to get in contact with either one of you. Email's usually great. I'm joshua at trailyard.org. I'm Chuck it trailyard.org or bikes at trailyard.org also works to go to everybody. So yeah, we look forward to it. Awesome. Yeah. Listeners check out the website. Definitely check out the suspension service, just the food, take a look at everything they're doing. It's truly unique, truly creating a destination that people want to come to. They want to spend time at, they want to make memories with their family and their cycling friends it's really cool. You guys, thank you so much for giving up some time and coming on the podcast. You guys are rock stars. It's been great. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Heather. We appreciate it. All right, listeners. So thank you for listening to Bicycle Retail Radio. If this is your first episode, go back, rewind, listen to past episodes. I think we're on like episode 300 or something. So there's lots here. Subscribe to the show. Share your favorite episode with friends. As always, special thanks to MBDA Development Director Rochelle Scouten for the editing and promotional graphics. Keep being great. Thank you for listening. And with this, we go. This has been Bicycle Retail Radio by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. For more information on membership and member benefits, join us at nbda.com.